podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome again to the Anfield Index Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host this evening, Tadio Chanakira, and I've got two very, very good guests, um, long-standing guests in Fantasy Pods. So, you know, we've got expert opinions coming through. Um, as the international break is coming to an end, I know everyone's racing to finally get their teams in order. It's been a frantic break. Um, let me introduce my guests and then we can get cracking on it. Uh, first and foremost, Guy Drinkle. Guy, how are you doing? Expert opinion. <laughs> I was begging you up. <laughs> you could have sold it. I was begging you up. No, no I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Uh, but no, just, apart from you just lying about me, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, no. Um, have you been paying attention to the international break much? Have you looked at your team? or? Uh, I haven't looked at my team, but in terms of the international break, I've... I've kind of kept up with uh, some of the results, mainly from the uh, home nations. I, I know how they've done, and obviously watched uh, both England games and uh, try to keep a lookout on the big boys. But I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you who's uh, played well and all that stuff because eh, international form's different, isn't it? But well, I'm sure we'll talk about the most worrying thing for Liverpool fans is stuff that's happened on international break. But uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, because yeah. the squad is looking very thin. It's always a big concern heading into international break for Liverpool fans. Um, we're also joined by Jay Reed. Jay, how did you feel about the international break? Um, to me, it's two weeks off, so I don't really pay attention to international football unless it is obviously a big summer competition. And I've got to be honest, the only one game I did watch was Holland and Germany. Obviously, I was kind of keeping an eye just for Virgil and Genie, who both scored, so. That was about it for me. Um, I don't really pay attention to England because whether it's just one of them Scouse things or a Northern thing or the fact of the right. whole England <laughs> England ignorance. So I don't really pay attention. I didn't watch the game last night. Um, so by all accounts, it might have been a good game, but I can't put any input on international football, I'm afraid. So back to the Premier League and back to fancy football. Yeah, which is what we're all about, I think. And it will be interesting to see how they develop this new international football format that they have to try. I think they're trying to make it more competitive. But as you say, I'm similar in that whenever it's international break, I use it as a as a time to kind of switch off from football and just get a bit of a, um, a rest from that. But looking back before the international break, there was a game week that happened um, I don't know how successful you guys were in that game week. Uh, we can stick with Jay. Jay, how did you do in game week eight? Well, settle down, settle in. Here we go. <laughs> I played my free hit. Um, oh, wow. Against the judgments of a lot of people on our WhatsApp group do question my uh, intelligence behind this. However, I scored a grand total of 75 points. Comparing that to what would have been my regular team minus any transfers, which would have been 41. So it was a good move. Paid off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll fly through my team quickly. Um, so from my free hit, I played uh, Joe Hart in goal. Uh, back four of Trippier, Rose, Doherty, 
big scorer with 15 points. Uh, Bennett, obviously the clean sheets across the back four, minus Joe Hart. Uh, midfield, four of Madison, Scherler and Hazard. Obviously Hazard also scored 14 points. Um, I did have Ozo, but he didn't play. So he was actually one of my subs. Madison came in for him. Um, and then a front three of Lacazette scored two point, uh, two goals, so 12 points. Vardy, a uh, disappointing two, and Kane, a disappointing one, who was my captain. Obviously, they were playing Cardiff at home. I expected more from good old Harry, but it wasn't a too bad a game week score. So, yeah, 75 points, and not a bad week. I've climbed up in every league that I'm in. I think I'm now sitting in potentially the top 10 or 11 in the AIA Contributions League, so... Not been a bad week all round. Yeah, that's not bad. And especially when a, a risk like that, that goes against the grain, works, you know, you, you kind of have to pat yourself on the back there. Well, I did. I did close. <laughs> and I was pushing for a pod last week, but Guy and Shri did say, no, it will be this week. So I made sure I was on just to obviously <laughs> make sure my glory was noted. And I'll disappear probably again for another three or four weeks when I go back to my 40 point average. <laughs> and and for you guy, did you hit any heights close to the seventies? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did I did alright. I mean I'm getting I'm thinking I'm constantly getting above average. And for me that'll do. That'll do. I got fifty six and the average was obviously fifty. I mean I'm not climbing in every league like Jay, but I've gone up uh, I've gone up in the general AI one and I've stayed where I was in the contributors one. Still top 10, so I, I'm happy being Everton in fantasy football terms. Um, <clears throat> so I'll go through my team. Ryan got me 9, so that's finally starting to pay off after getting smashed every week. Uh, Alonso got me 6, Robertson got me 6. Oh god, midfield's a bit barren. Uh, Lucas Mora got me 6, but he was my captain. Ouch. Uh, similar, playing Cardiff. Uh, nope, that was not a good idea. Hazard got me 14, who was my vice-captain, and now I'm going to kick myself. Uh, Fraser got me 6, and then get ready for the front line of death. Vardy 2, and Aguero 1. There you go. That's how well I did. Oh, and then there's literally nothing to speak of on the bench. It was just, it was just horrendous. But no, considering a lot of my team got freeze twos and ones, I think I did alright considering, considering, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Brighton keeping a clean sheet really helped me with that one. Yeah, I think, I think I, sh- I shared the same mistake with you in captaining a Spurs player. Um, on paper was the greatest idea ever, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but I got, I, I shaded you by just two points. I got 58 points this game. I had Hart and Goal, who got two points. Bennett, who got seven. Alonso, who got six. Taylor, who got two. Hazard was also my vice captain. Um, so he got 14. And then Madison, two. Jorginho, three. Mane, three. Who has a triangle now. We'll talk about that later. Lacazette got 12. Kane, as the captain, got two. Um, and then Jimenez, my long trusted striker for the season, he got five. Um, my bench, I had Fabianski on the bench who got three, so he would have gotten more than Hart's two. I had Robertson who got six and he was on the bench, but I genuinely didn't trust Liverpool to, to be keeping a clean sheet against Man City, but yeah, somehow they managed that, so. You, you were almost right to be first. <laughs> <laughs> 
somehow, somehow they kept a clean sheet. Ch- so I, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think anyone would have um, bet on a nil nil between those two teams. But hey, I suppose that's how the cookie crumbled. Um, but having had this international break, um, we know that a lot of movement happens with teams, and I just wanted to highlight some some of the price rises and the price falls. We'll start with the price rises, and then we can kind of do this as a quick round, and I can get you guys just to to give an opinion whether you think these these are justified or these are panics, because I know in some of these situations there are players who maybe have had price falls and it's not really justified if you look at their fix just coming in and that does tend to you know affect people's profits and and whether or not just to start off guy do you do you pay much attention to price rises and price falls um i probably do with the big the big lads i mean if if you see someone go from well, let's say 11 million seems to be the, the one for the uh, strikers. If anyone fluctuates, whether it's up or down for, for that, it's always a good look because, I mean, strikers, depending on their fixtures, always have goals in them. I mean, Lukaku's not really that ornable at the minute, but he is a very much a purple, uh, purple patch striker. So just using him as an example, if, if his price went down, but then their fixtures got really easy, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be, t- uh, I wouldn't be, um, Tempt, I'd be probably tempted to go for Lukaku, but just using an example. But <laughs> I don't think I would this season without <laughs> Man United are playing. But um, yeah, j- just an example. I do I do keep a look on on the big prices more than anything. But say if Jeff Schlupp went down, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, that that's justified. And Jay, same question to you. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much with Guy on this one. I um, I can so sorry, sorry, I tend to only keep an eye on who I have. Not who else is in the market and their price rises, and then when I do come to make changes, it's kind of you are scrambling around for the odd two to three million here and there. So um, no, I don't really pay too much attention, and because I've not actually turned on the app, I wasn't aware that some players have actually gone down, big name players, and as you say, the game's coming up. It could be an opportunity to get on them or is it an opportunity to give them a miss or sell depending on the players and the prices yeah that, that that's fair enough and then just i suppose to balance out the podcast i tend to be someone who pays quite a quite a bit of attention to price rises and price falls in the sense of i do like a cheeky capture of a player that i'm assuming is going to get a price rise so i do try and sneak in maybe during the game week, if I if I see a player's done well during the day, and I can see he's going to get a price rise or you know um, a big price rise coming through for the rest of the week, I do uh, like I am prone to to picking some of those players up, and I think maybe it might be to my detriment because I started the season off really hot and I'm starting to taper off a little bit, which is a little bit worrying. So I might have to relook at that. But let's just jump into some of these price rises and you guys can just tell me whether this is justified or um or not. So for goalkeepers we've got Patricio from Wolves. He was four point five, he's gone up to four point six. Jay, do you think that's justified? Yeah, I actually do to be honest. Um he is a goalkeeper I've been keeping an eye on because unfortunately I've had McCarthy and Southampton couldn't keep a clean sheet if the life depend on it. So yeah, I am actually thinking a goalkeeper is going to be one of my changes over the next two to three weeks. So he is one I've kept an eye on, as well as 
Allison, who I did start the season with, mm-hmm. and probably should have kept him in, given his clean sheets over the past three to four weeks. Um, he's not doing too bad, and he could be the one that I could go back to. But if you are looking for, as mentioned on previous pods, that four point five goalkeeper, he probably is the one that you should be looking to get on at the moment, considering the way Wolves play, and he is there undoubted number one so yeah he's a justified price rise in my opinion yeah i think that's justified um guy any anything against that or are you thinking justified as well no i do think it's justified i mean he's obviously had a good, a good spell of games and he's still he's got watford and bright uh, i was gonna say brightford there making up a team brighton next um so his fixtures are looking all right um but just after them two games if anyone has picked him up, uh, they do have Spurs and Arsenal on game week 11 and 12, so that might be a worry. And then for some reason, like every other club in the world, they play Huddersfield and Cardiff back-to-back. That's uh, that's one for the randomly generated fixture machine there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely justified. I mean, I had him at the start of the season, and I, I got pretty much bugger all from him and sold him. And then he turned good, so he should be thanking me for his upturn in form. Oh, thank you, Guy. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. Four clean sheets from his last five games, yep. which sounds about the time when you sold him, Guy. Yep, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> you're welcome. Well done. And that, that was the only goalkeeper that had a price rise. We can move to defenders. Um, I'm going to skip Alonso for now because I think we're going to speak about him later, and I'll skip Alexander-Arnold for now as well because we're going to speak about him. But let's go with Trippier, who has gone up to 6.3 now. Such an awkward, you know, price at that. Usually the 6.0 or 6.5s you can play with, but these the 6.3s they seem to be, you know, you end up needing two or three transfers to get them in. Um, Jay, do you think that was justified? Mm, not for me. Not not 6.3. Um, he, did he start off with the season at six million? I think it was. Yes, so he did. Yeah, he, he has crept up. Obviously, I, I've got him in my team and. Um, that was due to a panic when Mendy was injured. Um, mm-hmm. So I got him in. Mendy was 6.2 and Trippier was 6.2. So he started to climb, obviously, across the eight, eight game weeks that we've had. But I don't think he's worth 6.3. I think he's only... Uh, have a little quick look, but he's only got a couple of assists across the season. I think they're more jumping on the fact that he's English. You know, the, the English premium that seems to be knocking around... Um, so, for me, no, he's not worth it. And if you look at Spurs' upcoming fixtures, which we something we may talk about later, they haven't got the most handsome of runs, so the clean sheets might not be there for them. Yeah. And for you, Guy? Um, yeah, I can see why, but I kind of agree with you. Um, why? Why probably be put off by? But I can see. Can see why. I mean, he had. I think he had back to back eleven games towards the start of the season, which could obviously explain his first couple price rises. But but this one, I mean, he's played the two easiest uh, teams in the league. I think he's got back to back clean sheets and one assist in that time. Um, it 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 kind of screams as something that may backfire if you got him in on the back of them games because I think they have West Ham next. Uh, which is obviously a tougher game. We've seen them improve in the in, pre, in, in previous weeks. And then Man City at home, which is probably it, it's not a good it's not a good game. But I, I could see why because I think Serge Aurier got injured for a bit, but he seems to be back now and 
with the Champions League back. Um, we all we all know the problem with uh, Pochettino's full-back rotation. So will Aurier play against West Ham and then Trippier versus whoever they've got in the uh, Champions League? And I think they've got their easy game. Uh, if they have an easy game, I think they've got PSV. PSV back-to-back. Yeah, yeah PSV back-to-back. So them two might be Aurier games and vice versa. So who who knows what he's going to do with the right-back situation. But it's a lot of money to gamble on someone who may not play the easier Premier League games. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. But I I just wanted to point out that maybe some of the, the people heading towards Trippier have noticed that there have been issues with Christian Eriksen. Um, conflicting reports, you know, from the Denmark camp, they've been saying he's got a uh, chronic stomach injury. Spurs, I think, were quick to try and quash those those, those worries. And if you notice, if Eriksen isn't playing, then Trippier takes pretty much all the set pieces. So perhaps that could be what people were were looking into with that price rise. Um, we can yeah. move on to three Wolves defenders who have gone up, and we'll just bunch them together. And then obviously special mention to Doherty. But um, Doherty has gone to 4.7. Bennett has gone on to 4.2. And Johnny has gone to 4.5. They've all been a 0.1 increase. Um, justified considering Wolves' four clean sheets in five games. Uh Guy, we'll come to you first. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the fact that they play free at the back as well, that helps um, Johnny and Doherty especially. Uh, Ryan Bennett was obviously one of the four million ones with uh, Juan Bissaka. He's actually overtaken him now. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's pretty much the same as Patricio. I, I can um, definitely understand why, why all of these have gone up because they've got cheap Cheapish, well, they are cheap. They are cheap in, in in this year's FPL. They've got cheap defenders, and they're probably the best best defense outside of the top six. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, there's not really anyone else screaming at me. Everton aren't great. Um, so yeah, that, I can definitely see why people are jumping on the Wolves players. I mean, I might do so myself if I'm honest. Yeah, definitely. And for you, Jay? Yeah. Uh... Say, echoing guys' views there really. Um, they are probably worth a good look at considering they're a pretty consistent team. He may obviously coming into the the busier end of the season, coming up to Christmas, rotation may play a part. But I think the first eight games they've not made a change from the starting eleven, so you are getting consistency so far with their players. Obviously, Doherty is their top point scorer across the season with forty nine points. I mean, if you've had an instant start of the season, that would be an excellent pick. I think I've only got two uh, Wolves players in my team. Oh, no, sorry, one, Bennett. And then I was going to transfer in Dowersley before I played me free hits. Did bring him in me free hits. So then I could actually go back to him because I have got a question mark myself over Alexander-Arnold and will he continue to play right back or will we see the return of good old Dexy Lovren I know <laughs> but it's Jürgen Klopp and we don't actually know what he's thinking in any way so I couldn't actually tell you what I'm going to do with that one but given as today we mentioned Alexander Arnold as rose in price are you the clever stock market person who cashes in while his price is good and if he is left out for a few games cash a couple of million, uh, well, 0.2, 
potentially in the bank from what he was at the start of the season when I got him in a five. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, we're going to move on to the midfield now. And if we're looking at the the biggest name, I suppose, with the 0.1 price ride, Eden Hazard is now 11.3. He's been the curse of fantasy for so many years. Can he keep this run going? Um, Jay, what do you reckon? I don't even know what to say. He's <laughs> so annoying because mm-hmm. I've wanted him. And it's always been... Given the lineup I have, Hazard or Sterling, Hazard or Sterling, and kind of squeeze Hazard in in one way or another. I've said this on previous pods. I had a long-term plan to transfer out a few players to get him in. And given the situation with Salah's form, potential injury or not, it's a case of do you roll the dice and... I think he might come on to the price issue with Mohamed Salah. But from what he started off at 13 million to Hazard's 11, that was a 2 million gap. And now it's down to 1.5 million. Obviously, in this game of trying to get value for money in your players, it's something that if somebody's done at the start of the season, they've played it really well. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm genuinely considering getting them in. But again, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky trying to play catch up with these type of players if you don't have them in because you always still have that fear of if I do bring him in and he does nothing, you know, I've, I've sort of wasted quite a few transfers getting him in. Um, Guy, do you already have Hazard in your team? And if so, have you found it his price rise has been justified and very lucrative for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I... I brought him here when he was 10.9 by the looks of this, so happy days for me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's justified. I mean, he, he's been the best player in the league so far this season. Um, as as you said in the question originally to deal with, he's such an annoying player, and especially for FPL. Um, but if, if he continues this season on his form, I mean... He's going to be undroppable for in FPL, and you're going to have to get him in, and that's the only problem. If it, the the more the higher his price goes, the more of a struggle it's going to get. Because we'll get to it when we talk about our transfers. But I imagine people are looking at Liverpool's fixtures and thinking maybe the Salah's going to have to be a must own and stuff. But obviously the international break has put a downer on that one. But uh, it, it's just it, it's how how do you get Hazard Hazard a Salah your other high price midfielders, I mean, you could genuinely get Hazard, Sterling and Salah, but what's the rest of your team going to look like? That's the that's the main issue there, but out of the ones I mentioned, Hazard's probably your safest bet, even though he doesn't have the best of fixtures. Or best of yeah. fixtures this weekend, I should say. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose in fantasy, it's usually good to be a week late than be mm. you know, a week early and... and have it actually just be such a mess. So I suppose some people, if you do have Hazard, the, the trick could be to wait until maybe a seller starts performing or someone else starts performing at a higher standard than he is. Because if you look at his numbers, it doesn't seem like he can sustain this, you know, going forward. But as long as he is sustaining it, there's no point in taking him out of the team. I've got a question for you both. Yes. 
Hazard's form reminiscent of Coutinho last season? Will he go in January? Given the situation, he's obviously said he thinks he could be in Real Madrid one day. He thinks he could be happy at Chelsea the next day. Real Madrid aren't firing on all cylinders. Will they press the panic button and throw a big fee like Barcelona in January for Coutinho with us at Heden Hazard and then he jumps the Premier League ship off to La Liga given the fact he's throwing everything into the first half of the season? Has somebody said, knuckle down, get yourself 10, 15 goals and assists before Christmas and the money will probably come for you? For me, I think the key thing you mentioned there is that Real Madrid are doing pretty horrendously bad. And we've seen in the past they buy their way out of trouble. Uh, Obviously, they haven't had that trouble for a long time. Uh, But I think Hazard's obviously been flirting. Well, not flirting. He's literally just been... (laughs) (laughs) He might. (laughs) Yeah. Um, At this stage, he's just... uh, He's begging begging for the move to Real Madrid. I, I think he mentioned... Barca as well, but obviously Real Madrid are the ones who'll be looking for players in that position, so I, I, I can see it happening, but the only thing is if Real Madrid look elsewhere, I, I think Hazard seems like the type who he, he'll either go to Real Madrid or he'll stay at Chelsea, I don't think he'll go to a PSG or anything like because all you probably more chance of looking out a, a big trophy at Chelsea than PSG at this stage. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with Guy there in terms of it's either Real Madrid or he's just going to stay. I, I don't I don't see him joining any other Premier League team, for example, and PSG would be arguably the only other option. They've got their front three already. Um, I don't see them tinkering with that front three, especially in January. I think it would be a big call for them to, for Real Madrid to get him in January, but as, as, as Jay said, if it's an emergency and let's say, you know, they need to appease the fans, I'm pretty sure Hazard would be one of the names they, they would look to bring in just to, you know, sort of apologize to the fans. Yeah, um, firefight, firefighting mission sort of just to get them through to the end of the season and exactly. start again next summer. The, the only thing I could see about that is, is Real Madrid tend to or oh, have like swap deals in the past, haven't they? So I imagine Chelsea may be eyeing some people from Real Madrid. Obviously, they've got um, Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah. Um, so if, if the frosty relationship with Bale and Real Madrid continues, I'm not sure how well he's done this season, but hopefully we don't see Bale at Chelsea or Isco at Chelsea or whatever. But if, if that's how a deal works out like that, you could probably see a Real Madrid star going to Chelsea, unfortunately. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that happening. Um, roping it back into fantasy and speaking of big money transfers for wingers, one of the other wingers that had a price rise was Everton's Rich Allison. Um, <laughs> he had, he had an injury, oh, a suspension and I suppose he had a bit of a, a shaky price, price drop where he, he had hit the heights of 6.8. He went back down to about 6.6. He's now currently at 6.7 and then had a price rise now this week back to 6.8. So he seems to have gotten back to the price he was at when, you know, before the suspension. He's only had one goal in his last three games. Uh, Jay, do, do you, do you see the value in this in, in getting, in getting involved in a Richarlison? 
he's not for me. Um, not from Everton anyway. Um, I have only had I, I flirted one week with Walcott at the start of the season and put him in for a week. Got a goal out of him. Next week he was as usual for Walcott again and I binned him off. I think if you are are going to go to Everton, then Sigurdsson seems to be your man. He's playing obviously in his position of behind the striker, making late runs, taking the set pieces as we have pointed out earlier on with the Trippier and Eriksson. But the Richarlison one, fellow blue noses that I speak to, friends, work colleagues and so on and so forth, they do say he's putting a lot of effort in and he has been unlucky in a few games. I don't really pay much attention to them and they always tend to be lost on match today, which is the, at some point I <laughs> fell asleep. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. He, he has got the potential to do a lot and given the suspension... He's had time off to obviously recharge his batteries. He's away. Is he away with Brazil at the moment in the Brazil squad? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure. not sure. He uh, was in the last previous squad. one. Yeah. yeah so he, whether this will play a factor in the fact of Everton don't really have many players who do travel long distance for international football. Um, so if he has gone to Brazil, he is obviously playing or with the squad in Saudi Arabia at this moment. Could that affect his performance for the weekend, the selection? I he has know. gone he has gone with the squad, but he's on the bench at the moment. Okay. So yeah, um I mean I, I can only go off the, the advice of friends who say he's playing really well and he's just not getting the luck and he's doing a lot of good things. It could be a gamble worth taking, but for me Sigurds and a B, the Evertonian. Uh, I'd go for it if I was to select any of them. Yeah, that's a fair shot. I think that's a fair shot. Um, Guy, can I jump with you to to strikers? Yeah. And one player that um, I'll gladly boastfully say that I've I've had him for a majority of the season is um, Lacazette. And there's always been this battle of which striker from Arsenal do you pick between Aubameyang and Lacazette? But Lacazette, he was 9.5. He's gone up to 9.6. Do you still see him continuing this form he has had? He scored three goals in his last three games. Um, yeah, they've got. I, I can see the form continuing because Arsenal. I'm not sure what the actual streak is, but they're on a good winning streak at the minute, aren't they? It's just. Um, I think it's 12 games unbeaten. 12 games unbeaten, so yeah, that's a, that's a good run. They've got decent fixtures for at least the, the next five weeks. I know the players and stuff like that, but Arsenal tend to get a goal against us, um, unless we spat, unless we absolutely smash them. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think Lacazette, I'm not sure if he's a must own yet, but he's definitely looking probably outside Aguero, probably looking like the most ownable out of the strikers. Um, I mean, Leicester at home, then Crystal Palace away, and then Liverpool at home. I mean, that's two. That's two very not very good fixtures. But Leicester aren't great defensively, and Crystal Palace. It depends which one turns up, really. So yeah, I'd, 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 I'd get Lacazette. I mean, I may be tempted myself. I mean, <laughs> we'll see how the pod goes, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> and for you, Jay, um, would you pick Aubameyang or Lacazette if you had to pick? I've got Lacazette already in my team. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I jumped on about three or four weeks ago. And it was a flip between the two of them. Uh, I did 
decide on uh, Lacazette purely because he was just slightly cheaper than Aubameyang. I think maybe one and a half million cheaper. Yeah. And again, at the time, it was between the return of Jamie Vardy or go with Lacazette. And it was just a good decision. Go with Lacazette has luckily paid off. Um, yeah, I, I did the other one. <laughs> yeah, as, as tends to happen with you guys, you tend yeah. to pick the ones that... They work for a week. Yeah, they work for a week, and then if anyone listens to your advice, we all know how that goes. Didn't Ozil get you some points the other week? He's, he's, he's not played for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I put, I put for a, one week. Work for one week. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, back to the points. Uh, Lacazette, yeah, I'm going to keep him, especially for the next uh, three, four, five weeks, uh, as you mentioned on the fixtures. And they only really play us, and then they've obviously got a couple of tougher games going into December. Um, but the games between Liverpool and Arsenal can be anything, as you've said. So, And it's at the Emirates, and they do tend to score at the Emirates when they do play us. So, yeah, I'm going to keep hold of them for the next few weeks at least. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. And I suppose the the point I've always made with Arsenal this season is even if they're conceding goals it would you know, the leaky defence that they have had, they can still go and score goals. They've got such, you know, very good attacking players that even in tough games, one of them could pull off a goal. And it seems like Lacazette at the moment is in that rhythm of being the guy that they turn to to get the goal. So I would also be keeping him in. And then let's let's switch over to the opposite side of it. And I suppose we'll focus mo- mainly on the Liverpool price falls um, on, in this segment, but if you look at Liverpool, obviously we we have to make a special mention purely because guys on this podcast, Moreno has gone down to four point two. Are we just calling that unjustified straight away, guy? That's just pure bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, definitely unjustified. I think. But guy, the, does guy have? 0.3% of the players' teams in fantasy football, because that's how many have selected Moreno. <laughs> so, I can't me, see how many other players have got Moreno. Just me and Ali. Me and Ali Thompson. <laughs> okay, just to clear that up. <laughs> but two interesting price falls that have happened, and they are Liverpool players, and I suppose two Liverpool players that are key to that Liverpool front three in Salah has gone down to 12.8, and Firmino has gone down to 9.3. Um, Guy, we'll stick with you and maybe you could elaborate a bit more the concerns with Salah after the international break and I suppose concerns with a few of the other Liverpool players and how that could affect the Salah and Firmino and how they're going to be you know, playing or not playing heading into what was meant to be some favourable fixtures. Yeah, I'll start with Firmino and, well, his price going down. I mean, I'm looking at his scores, he's got three consecutive twos um, so yeah I can, you can obviously see why that is and ju- even just looking at the performances for me you know he's not he's not looked the same obviously he does all the pressing and all that stuff pretty much everyone in our team does that but Bobby just he looks kind of lost at the minute and I don't want to go on a boring rant about how our midfield doesn't help the attack and all that stuff but sometimes the attack's got to help itself and they're just not really doing that, and I think Firmino and for me personally, Mane also um, aren't really looking great. Um, I think I'm, I'm not sure if it was on a fantasy pod or a face up or whatever, but I mentioned 
Um, I'm probably least concerned about Salah myself um, out of the front three. I think he's the one who's looking... He's still doing stuff without the end product, whereas the other two, they just don't seem to get involved at all. So if I move it on to Salah, I think... Um, I mentioned it on the last fantasy pod. Obviously, we've got the, the two easiest fixtures in the league coming up. I think Salah's gonna, Salah's form is gonna switch around like it did it last season. He's gonna set on fire, fire again. I'm not sure if it's gonna be the, the a million goal a season it was last year, but um, I think this is where Salah will reignite. But with Bobby, we've seen in the past his Premier League numbers aren't, aren't crazy. I mean, he's, he's, I don't think he scored 20 in the Premier League if I remember correctly. So we mentioned Lacazette previously. Vardy's not in bad form, he just had a bad game last time, so you've got two players in similar price bracket to Firmino who are probably more ownable. I know, as I said, we've got, we've got easier fixtures, but I'd still rather own Lacazette or Vardy over Firmino at the minute, and Mane, um, just to add into this discussion, he, he, he's got probably the biggest injury worry, especially for this weekend with broken thumb or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think Salah's gonna be okay but Bobby's the one who worries me because I, I mentioned it earlier purple patch strikers and I think Robert I think Firmino is definitely one of them I'm not sure if he's as patchy as Lukaku because obviously he offers stuff off the ball um but Firmino since he's gone to a forward I don't think he's been as honourable um which I think was a couple seasons ago now so yeah I'd, I've never really got into ordering Firmino um this season yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see. As you mentioned, we do have, um, as Liverpool, Liverpool do have fixtures with Huddersfield away and Cardiff at home coming up. Jay, looking at what has happened in international break, and maybe you can speak on, I think, is it Cater that's, that's also suffering an injury and there are a few others, yeah. Van Dijk yeah. might not, you know, Van Dijk might have an injury or something. How are those type of injuries affecting your decisions with regards to Firmino and Salah? As of my current standing, I only own Salah out of the two mentioned players. I've given Firmino a pretty wide berth based on two reasons. One, he does start the season always slow. As mentioned previously, he always has a nice summer. So he always tends to start off a little slow. Again, as Guy mentioned, we're not going down the molehill of uh, the midfield creativity. One thing I do notice with Firmino, however, is he's dropping back a lot to see the ball because given the midfield situation. And then he isn't the fastest of players. He's got a good turn of pace over a few yards, but if he's dropping so deep, he's then struggling to get back into the box. So this, for me, as a watching on the eye at the game, is where he's struggling to obviously find an influence going further forward because he's coming back into what would be the number 10 position. Um, something we could maybe look at given our injury situation coming into the fixtures we've got is do we then introduce Sturridge into the team alongside Firmino and play more of a different formation? This may complement both players because you'll have two figures within the centre of the pitch. Could then lead to, obviously, more goals, which we are looking for, more creativity. Um Flipping back to Salah, I think he reported back into Liverpool yesterday or today. So we don't know the full diagnosis. The words from Egypt were it was only a small strain, so 
he could be okay for the weekend. Uh, the information coming on Cater is very vague. And there was a picture flying, flying around our WhatsApp group about five minutes before we started on the pod. And they looked like they're playing on the backfield of some high school. So given what could have happened to him, it could be down to the pitch. He got carried off on the back of another player because he had no stretcher. So God knows what facilities and immediate treatments he's going to receive. I think it was in Rwanda, the game. So he's obviously got to try and go for the weekend. I've got a couple of players, which we may come on to discuss later on, given the Liverpool situation, which I'm going to keep an eye on and could potentially transfer into my team. But I'll hold fire on them until we get to the players to watch later. No, I, I think now would be a, yeah, that would be a perfect segue into that. Okay, yeah. Um, heading into this coming um, this coming game week after an international break, as you mentioned, there's a lot of injuries on the Liverpool camp, and I'm sure there are quite a few with regards to other teams' niggles, and you know, some might not be serious, some might be serious. But what is your game plan going into this game week? Okay, so back into my team. Um, I've got a few injury triangles, notably over the goalkeeper McCarthy and Salah. Um, so I am thinking potential transfers. I'm not sure again on Guy's advice of Ozil. Um, <laughs> you picked I've, him. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've got him. Yeah, by all means, I've got him. But I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with him at his last game against Fulham, but he just didn't feature at all. So it might be a case of keeping him for a week and shifting around a few other players here, then everywhere. Bringing it back on to Liverpool, though, um, given our run of games that we have got coming up and the injuries we've got tend to be in the attacking section of the pitch, I've actually highlighted three players that I would uh, consider bringing into my team. First of all, as mentioned, Alisson at the goalkeeping position. He's gone up to 56 but he has been pretty well uh, reliable for clean sheets. So you would imagine, given Huddersfield and Cardiff, we could keep clean sheets there. As a factor from that, Gomez would be my second pick at 5.1. Again, we mentioned earlier on, will Lovren feature? Will he be coming in for Trent at right-back, or will he be going back into the centre-back position? It could be an ideal week just to give Van Dijk a rest. I know Holland have sent him back and said he won't play tonight against Belgium because of his rib injury. So he could be one that's going to start the next few games. And my final pick is a wild card of five and a half million, Genie Wijnaldum. He yeah. is Mr. Reliable in terms of fitness and given our midfield frailties at the moment with Milner questionable. Case are questionable, and then we're lacking a bit of forward players. Maybe Mane and Salah will Klopp look at the advanced game that he had against Germany and push Wijnaldum further forward and bring in maybe Fabinho, so increasing his goal threat. Um, so he could be a wild card picker. Only five and a half million, he could be a bargain as well. So yeah, it seems like you're definitely going to have quite a busy. And especially towards the end of the week, I think if you keep an eye on the press manager press conferences, those usually tend to to shift you one way or the other of how you're going to go. Um, 
Guy, are you making any changes now or are you sort of waiting until later in the week just to finalise your few thoughts that you have? Well, I'm having I'm having a look now because I'm only I'm only natural. <laughs> uh, I think we meant I mentioned it in the last pod. I, I was going to save my transfer and to your shop to do what I did. Oh so, wow! Yeah, yeah. So sure enough. Um, so I have the two picks. <clears throat> um, I'm still looking at Salah even with the injury thing because. I think we've seen with Klopp in in, uh, in previous, he doesn't tend to care. <laughs> um, and and the fact that we've obviously got the two easiest fixtures, uh, Mane is probably the big worry because I mean breaking your thumb. I know you can, it's only football and you can obviously get away with that. But I mean, if if you broke your thumb, you broke your thumb. It's not going to be pleasant. Um, whereas if Salah's been confirmed to be only minor. Um, I, I, I could see that going in, so I think I'm definitely going to get rid of Mane either way. I know we got to gamble with the fixture, but I think I'll gamble with Salah. And then looking at it, Lucas Moura's well, since he won Player of the Month, he's he's gone down the absolute crapshoot. So I think I'm going to get rid of him. So I think it's going to be Mane and Moura out at the minute, and then I've got Salah. Um. Salah in, and then I've got 6.5 in midfield, so... Oh, God, there's not many that are jumping out of me. The highest one, the highest pointed one under that price is Fraser, but I've already got him, but he seems to be going down in price, or there's a 70-odd percent chance of him going down in price, so that might not be the best one. And then below that, I'm looking at people like Goodmanson, Pereira, Walcott, I mean, it's not... It's not pretty looking, so maybe I'll go for a bit of a wild card card entry, and that normally ends up with me getting a Dharma Triora for some bloody reason. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I think I'm going to scour around for cheaper midfielders and see see what's kicking about. I mean, Andrew Schurler might be a good pick, but any cheap midfielders, any advice going around, that'd, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a tricky one for the the cheap midfielders. I would have said Goodmanson... Because he seems to be getting back to his numbers of last season in terms of creativity. But the only concern is his next two fixtures are Man City away and Chelsea at home. And that would be the, the thing that would stop me from going for him. Um, in terms of Schuller, I think he's a decent shot as long as you're not relying on him. So I, I don't know how strong your midfield would be. If, if he's someone that you can just, you know, he's going to be playing week in, week out. Uh, he, he's a nice to have because he can always bring you know with a goal or two and yeah and, and well, it's, it's, if hypothetically I put Schurler in my midfield would be Salah Schurler Hazard Hughes and Fraser so that's not bad yeah I'm, it's not bad and and Schurler's got Cardiff away Bournemouth yeah. at home and Huddersfield away which which is pretty you know with Fulham being quite a an open forward team um, I think he could get a goal or two at mm. least yeah, I think I think Schurler would be a decent shot. Yeah, I think Schurler's going to be head of the queue at the minute. I mean, the only thing with Walcott is, obviously, I'm not sure... Um, well, they have really weird fixtures, Everton. They've got one good, one bad, one good, one bad. Um, and they've obviously introduced that Bernard player as well, so I'm not sure what they're free behind Torsen. Well, I think Torsen's the one who's actually been dropped, isn't he? So. Yeah. They can obviously uh, mix about quite a bit, which is only a, which is probably a bit of a problem. I imagine Sigurdsson's undroppable, and Richarlison, with how much he costs, he, he's 
he's obviously a set thing, so mate, the worry would be Walcott and Bernard maybe in rotation, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think Sherlock will probably be top of the pile at the minute, but I'll have a look through um, and see see who else is about. But I think they're going to be my two outs in, in Mora and Mano, definitely. I've got a yeah. player potentially for you, Guy. It's one that you might want to keep an eye on, though. Is Eric Lamella from Spurs, given the question marks over uh, Christian Eriksen. 6.4 is, isn't obviously too expensive and not highly cheap. Mm. He hasn't, he hasn't really featured much this season, mainly from the bench, but obviously, as you said, Lucas Mora seems to have fell off a cliff. We don't know what's up with Christian Eriksen and, uh, Daly Alley. I don't know if he's going to be back this week or next week. So it could be a wild card shout that you could actually have a look at Lamella. Um, West Ham away. Man City at home, obviously, we know the difficulties of that. And then Wolves away, so they're not the easiest fixtures. But if he does get into the team, he is obviously a goal threat. Um, so it could be one just to keep an eye on, uh, really. Just have a look and through the midfielders that you have got under the 6.5 uh, price bracket. No, that's a good show. I mean, I'll keep an eye. I think the best thing I'll do is I'll wait for the press conferences, especially with the Liverpool midfielders yeah. all being all being buggered. <laughs> um, but I mean, Jay, you're probably the one to ask. Is, is I know Bernard uh, kind of got a worldy was it assist last week? Has he impressed any of your, your Evertonian mates or co-workers? Um, yeah, in patches because he's not really played as much. Um, okay. He's only returned to fitness in the past few weeks. Um, so I think he's only featured over the past two to three games. Uh, he got a run out in the League Cup against Southampton. And then he's come in from the last uh, game week. He played the full 90 against Leicester. And he played from the bench against Fulham. Um, so he's picked up a few points. But they do say he is really good on the ball. Yeah. Uh, um, and Willie. Will he match the physicality of the league is one that we can obviously look at mm-hmm. along the league. They said, so like, they've got the high hopes of obviously being Brazilian, their Coutinho. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the talked words because he comes in from the wide. He likes to have a little shot from uh, cutting into eyes on, onto his right foot. <laughs> yeah, he's the little yeah. diminutive figure. So they're the kind of hopes that they're big enough for him. No pressure. But he could be again one just to keep an eye on mm. and they obviously they ain't got the League Cup so Everton will just be playing Saturday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday however because they've got nothing to compete for until the FA Cup kicks in so if he does get into the team and is playing well it will be one that probably does sustain a position and a place within the team Yeah it sounds interesting I mean especially if Torson's pretty much done as their forward I think it it might be the four, well, pretty much the four we've mentioned throughout. So I, I might I might keep an eye on Bernard and Scherler, um till Thursday slash Friday. So yeah, I think that that's been good. Uh, but today, would any any other uh, transfer queries? No, no, not at all. Um, from my end, I think the only thing will be it's going to be a last minute thing whether or not I keep Harry Kane. Um, to me, he just doesn't look the same player at the moment. I have my theory. Is of he's still carrying that injury from last season, um, and if I do get rid of Kane, I have enough money to, to switch money to a seller. 
So I think it also depends on, I need to know for sure that Salah is going to play because that's quite a big switch to lose Kane and Mane for, let's say it would be Salah and I think Vardy or someone like that. So it, it could work out if Salah is going to be fit, you know, and he starts to hit the ground running. But I, I just need that certainty of whether or not he is going to be playing. I think we can we can end off with some captain's picks. Do do you guys know your captains yet for this week? Jay? Uh as mentioned by Guy, I think we're gonna hold on until the um the press conference at the end of the week, really. Uh, yeah. I, my potential options are obviously um Sergio Aguero at home to Burnley or uh, Alexander Lacazette who is away this weekend, as far as I remember. Oh, no, sorry, the home to Leicester. Leicester yeah. yeah um, it'd probably be a toss-up between them two because the question mark over Salah, um, will he play, will he won't play? I mean, we've been saying, all of us on every fantasy pod, he's going to burst on the scene next week. Next week's going to be the game. And we've all got it in our heads that coming up, the nice, easier run that we've got should suit Salah to get off the uh, not off the mark but get back into the rhythm that we all obviously expected from last season so they're the, probably the triangle of players I am going to captain between it'll probably end up falling with Aguero being at home um, with the whole Aguero Salah home game captaincy rotation but I don't know yet I'll wait up until the last minute because I'm not actually making any transfers up until we get to Friday. No, I think that's that's a fair shout. For for you, God, do you have any tentative thoughts on who you'd captain? Yeah, oh, God. Uh, I think Aguero is obviously the obvious one uh, with Burnley at home. Um, if I do get Salah in, it'll probably end up on him because, well, Huddersfield, you know, um, you know what they are. My outside shout would probably be Vardy against Arsenal away because I, I'm not sure if you saw it. But I think it was before the the winter break and the, not the winter break, the uh, international break. Um, that Vardy's record against the, the top six is obviously unbelievable, and I think it's especially against us and Arsenal. Um, but obviously we've improved defensively, defensively, and Arsenal are still a bit of a mess, albeit slightly improved. Um, but. It, it's a bit of a gamble, but may, maybe Vardy is a differential, but I'd probably say it's going on Salah at this moment, but if Salah's confirmed to be out, it'll probably go on Aguero. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's fair. Um, from my end, my captaincy is currently sitting on Lacazette. Um, as has been mentioned, he's playing Leicester at home. Um, my vice-captain is on Kane, who's got West Ham away, but that depends on whether or not I'm going to sell him. But I think that will do it for us this week. Um, I'll come to you guys for plugs, anything that you're working on or have worked on and has been published. Um, Guy, any plugs for you? Uh, yeah, recently did um, one up. Uh, we covered pretty well, pretty much just did an hour of gaming news and then uh, about half an hour on on a couple games that we've been playing and finished recently. Um, but if you want to follow uh, the One Up account, it, it it's at One Up underscore AI. That's pretty, that's run by me. Uh, I should really use it more. 
Uh, but uh, all the pods and stuff go there, and hopefully I'll, I'll um, start sharing some more gaming content there. Uh, obviously, I'll be doing Face Off at the weekend as well. Um, so yeah, just just check out my uh, Twitter at Guy Drinkle, where most of it will be covered, and also the One Up account. Yeah, and and for you, Jay. Yeah, uh, as mentioned before, I don't really do any of the writing side stuff at AI. Uh, one pod I would like to plug to listen to if. If you're not on it, then what really are you doing listening to AI? The King and AI. It's so funny. Um, yeah. Obviously, pro subscribers get on there 48 hours early, and it does get released onto the free contents a few days later. But it's just so funny listening to Kenny and Paul Daglish, the father-son relationship, the banter that backward and forward. Um, I can't push that part enough. It is really, really funny to listen to. And obviously the insight that comes from the knowledge of both men and Eddie also who uh, presents the pod. So if you haven't listened to it, question what you do and listen to podcasts because that is one that you really should be listening to. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at jreed1987. Perfect. And Guy, your your Twitter handle? Uh, just my name, at Guy Drinkle. Perfect. Um, I've been to the Ochanakira and my Twitter handle is the Ace of Nave 7 I'm, I'm also going to copy Jane plugging one of the podcasts I listened to this past week and I suppose it won my podcast of the week award. Um, it was the Live Birds podcast and they sort of just summarized how the season has gone, the, the squad depth, depth and rotation, Liverpool could be looking into, um, and just had a little feel good look back at Jurgen Klopp's, um, tenure at Liverpool. It's a decent listen, especially after an international break. You just want to remind yourself what we've gone through so far this season, where we're looking to head to. Um, definitely give that a shot. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Podcast Network.